Well, there's a story told of a man who got a permit uh, to build the first bar in a very small town. And the church across the street was not a fan of this bar coming into town. And so they began a prayer campaign to uh, have something happen to the barn. They were uh, to, the, to the bar. They were asking God to intervene in some way because this church did not want this bar to come in across the street. And, and just a few days before the bar was set to open, lightning struck the bar and it burned down. And so the church was a little bit relieved and a little bit happy that something had happened, that God had intervened until they got the notice that they were being sued by the owner of the bar. And so the owner of the bar is suing them because his case was that they prayed that this would happen, and it happens. And now, suddenly, the church doesn't want anything to do with this and denies everything. And so the case goes to the judge, and, and he listens to their arguments, and, and he, he concludes their time together and says, at this point, I don't know what my decision will be, but this appears to be the situation. The owner of the bar believes in the power of prayer, and these church people don't. And so here we have this story that probably is not real, but probably too close to real, right? That we very much believe in the power of prayer when it serves our purposes, but when it no longer serves our purposes, we want to take a step back and say, oh, it wasn't me. And so I do not want to be a church that steps away from believing in the power of prayer. That we are going to be a church that presses in to the power of prayer. And we're going to be okay with what happens when God answers. We are in a 40-day campaign now to, to be in prayer together. We are in uh, day 15 of this now. And I want to encourage you, if you have not yet, to, to get one of the prayer guides to help walk you through this. There's a few of these spirals left and then a, a stack of, of photocopies of those. Uh, take one of these with you and follow along and be praying with us. Today we're going to be on page 18 if you have that. And we're going to be talking about praying for others. Last week we talked about the Lord's Prayer. We called it the disciples' prayer because it's not really what Jesus prays, it's what Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. And so we went through together through the Lord's Prayer and went through line by line and, and talked about how it instructs us to pray. And so as a refresher, I want us to go through this prayer again together as we get started this morning. The words will be up there on the screen for you. Let's, let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Some of you stumble over debtors. I'm sorry. We've got different translations that we enjoy. But, but we went through this prayer last week and really looked at how it instructs us in our own prayer lives. As we pray this, not as a formula, not as something that is rote and routine, but something that is from our hearts. We pray to God and we approach Him as our Father, our Father in heaven. He's there loving us. He wants to bless us. 
He has compassion on us, and he's holy, and he's set apart. He is on the throne of his kingdom. And so not only do we pray to him as our father, we also pray to him as our king, as one who rules over the situations in our lives. He has certain desires for us. He has a will for us. And we want to pray that his will would be here on earth, just like it is in heaven, the perfect example of his will for us. And it's in the context of of who he is. It's in this context that we ask that he provides for the necessities of our lives. It's in that context that we ask that he forgives us of the things where we have fallen astray and fallen short of what he has called us to. It's in the context of who he is that we pray that he will deliver us from temptation, that he will free us from the enemy that is out to get us. And so as we wrapped up our time last week talking about what prayer is, we looked at how important these two words are in the, in the prayer itself, this word our and this word us. That it's not a prayer for me as an individual, it's a prayer for all of us. It's a prayer that we join in together, that we know God more fully, we know God more completely because we engage in this prayer together. We're praying for one another and with one another. And so we're going to focus in today on praying for others. It's not just me bringing my request to God, but it's me bringing your request to God. And it's you bringing my request to God. It's praying for one another. We call praying for others intercessory prayer. We're interceding for the other person. And this idea of intercession brings more than just simply praying for somebody's sick cat. And I don't know why you'd want to do that, but... I'm not a cat person, but why we, we think about intercessory prayer. We're praying for the others. And it's, it's something much more intense. It's this begging for, it's this pleading on behalf of the other. That you're going to someone on someone's behalf and you're begging for God to work for them. And so when we're praying for others, we're interceding for them. We go before God and we make requests on their behalf. And so when we pray for others, we're we're taking all that we know about God, who God is, and how He works, and what His will is, and how He acts, and how He rules, and how He reigns. We're taking all of that and we bring others' requests into the context of that. That because of what we believe about God, we're able to pray for others and bring those requests to Him. And so when we think about praying for others, it really is this incredible act of love. Because it's completely selfless. It's not about what I want, it's not about what I desire, it's about the other person and taking that thing to God. It shifts our attention away from our own selfish needs, and it shifts our attention to the needs of others. And we, we share who the Father is in that act. We're giving to others when we pray for others. And so we're showing this love to others by praying, them, praying for them because they're desperately in need. 
We are a people that are broken. We have marriages that are in crisis. We have children that are struggling. We have families that are dysfunctional. We have communities that were broken. There are churches that are stagnated. and There are people who are lonely and isolated. And the world is full of desperation and brokenness. And do you think that they might need a prayer? Could we be praying for them? Could we give that gift of love? When people are hurting, when they find themselves in a situation that is, is not ideal, do we find ourselves trying to stand in the gap between them and God? Do we intercede for them? Do we take their concerns and their heartache to the Father in heaven who is set apart and on a throne waiting for us to come to him and join with him in the work that he is doing? As I think about my own willingness to pray, this is, this is a huge area for me to grow in because I'm a selfish person. I like my needs to be met and I like to spend time praying for what's important to me. And, and so for me, the first prayer is first a prayer that I will love other people more. That I will love others enough to want to pray for them. And aren't there so many of us that sit here in, in this room now that need to pray that prayer first? That say, God, help me love others enough to want to pray for them. Because we, can, we become consumed with our own selfishness and our own needs and our own desires that we forget that the person sitting right next to you or the person sitting right in front of you or behind you is desperately in need of your prayer. And so as we've been going through this series We've, we've talked about doing and not just talking about, right? And so I want us to pause for a moment, and I want you to pray that prayer. I want you to spend some time now with God for just a couple minutes praying that he will show you how to love others enough to even want to pray for them. That he will do something in your heart to see others, to love others to care for others enough to want to pray for others. Spend just a moment doing that now. God, I pray that you will give us hearts to see others and love others enough to want to pray for them. God, help us to be people full of love and compassion. Help us to see others. Help us to slow down enough to see the hurt, to see the need, to see the desires. God, give us eyes like yours to be able to see that. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we, we pray for others not because it's just a nice Christian thing to do. We pray for others because it is this most loving thing that we can do. But it goes one step even further. Is we pray for others because it is a calling on each of our lives. It's an obligation that we have. 
as, as followers of Jesus, we are called to be priests. Now, depending on what your religious background is, this idea of being a priest can bring in all kinds of images and assumptions. But we, we see in, in, sec, in 1 Peter 2, 9 that, that we are called to be a royal priesthood, that if, if you are a believer in Jesus, then you are called into the priesthood. And so being called into the priesthood means that you have certain priestly functions that you are obligated to fulfill. And one of those things to fulfill is this intercessory prayer, to take the needs of the people to God. The priest takes, takes what is important to the people, what the people are needing, and takes that to God. And so we each fill that responsibility as we approach the throne room of God. We take this priestly responsibility. One of my favorite stories of, of this idea of intercession comes from Exodus chapter 17. And in it, Joshua is in this battle. And as long as Moses is up on the hill overlooking the battle and he's holding his arms up, as long as he can hold his arms up, Joshua and the, the army, they are winning the battle. But when Moses lets his arms down, they start losing the battle. And so for the entire day, Moses is having to have his arms up, raising his arms to God, interceding on their behalf so that they can win this battle. But Moses cannot do this alone. Aaron and Hur come together and stand there with Moses and hold his arms up for him. They get a nice cozy rock for him to sit on, and he sits on this rock, and they help intercede with him on behalf of the people. Now, the story itself doesn't talk about prayer specifically, so if you're doing a word study on prayer, it doesn't take you to Exodus chapter 17. But the posture and the purpose of what Moses is doing here is very much interceding on behalf of the people. That he raises his arms to God, showing their dependence on God to win this battle. And so the imagery there is so powerful that Moses knows that if they are to win this, it will be because of God. And he raises his hands on the people's behalf. But he can't do it alone. And his friends stand there and hold him up on behalf of the people. And there, there have been times in my ministry where I have had to call in an Aaron and a Hur to help hold my arms up. To say, I am in spiritual battle right now, and I need to depend on God, and I can't do it myself. And I need friends to come alongside me to help hold me up in this battle. And so as, as priests, as ones who come in as intercessors, we come in and pray for others. We, we take the battle to God, and we fight it out with them. And we hold them up, and we encourage them, and we strengthen them. There are people in here today who need an Aaron or a her to help hold them up. Are you willing to be that person? To say, I will hold you up in this situation. When we step into that priestly role that we're called to, and we intercede for others, it can be incredibly challenging. Because this gets more complicated. 
To pray for someone in this way requires that we know what's going on in their lives. It requires that there's enough of a relationship where I can say, how can I pray for you and really mean it? And it takes a person who has the trust and the willingness to say, I need prayer. Because we are incredibly self-sufficient people, right? And we don't want to say, hey, I can't figure this out. And so we leave our prayer requests into the superficial level that says, you know, I've got a coworker that's sick, which is a great thing to pray for, but then it stops there. Are you willing to be vulnerable enough to be prayed for? Can you open yourself up to another person enough to say, this is what I really need. I'm feeling this. I'm hurting with this. This is what's going on in my life. Would you pray for me? And then are we willing to go to others and say, how can I pray for you? Now this is an incredibly challenging thing. This is heavy. This is complicated. This is messy. But we don't go at it alone because there's someone else that's interceding for us as well. If, if I am pouring out myself to help intercede for someone else, I've got someone else interceding for me. Romans chapter 8, Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, he's at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So we have someone who is in intercessory prayer right for, for us right now. That the needs that we have, the situations that we find ourselves in, someone is taking that to God for us. Jesus is taking that for us. And in Hebrews chapter 7, Therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Intercessory prayer is happening right now. That the things that you find yourself in, Jesus is taking that to our Father, even when we can't do it ourselves. He's interceding for us. He takes our needs, he takes our concerns, he takes our hurt, our brokenness, and he takes that to the throne of God. And all of the intercession that we are able to do, us being able to pray for others, that is done because of Jesus' intercession because he stands in that gap for us. 1 Timothy 2, 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. Jesus is our ransom. Jesus is the one who comes in and is a mediator between us and God. And because of that, we can become the priests that we're called to become. That we can bring things to God and we can intercede on behalf of others because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And so because Jesus has done that, we have this great privilege of, of praying with the authority of Jesus. We don't pray because I'm really good and I have really good words. 
We don't pray because I have a, the right prayer closet or the right journal or, or my knees are worn out or, or none of those things are what makes my prayers effective. What makes my prayers effective and what makes your prayers effective is because we're praying in the authority of Jesus. Now, to pray in Jesus' name is not just a simple little conclusion to tie a bow at the end of a, at the end of a prayer. Praying in Jesus' name is praying in his authority that we come to God on behalf of others in the authority of Jesus. And so be, by coming to, with the authority of Jesus, we pray like Jesus prays, and we're heard the way Jesus is heard. Do you think God listens to Jesus' prayers? Will, will God pay attention to what Jesus has to say? And it is with that authority that we're able to pray. Did God answer all of Jesus' prayers? No. Maybe not the way Jesus asked for them to be answered. We can get into a bunch of other stuff there about unanswered prayers. But God listens to Jesus. He listens to him and he listens to us. Because when we're praying, we're praying with the authority of Jesus. We ask in his name and we receive because of the authority our prayers have in Jesus. And so can we ask with boldness that things happen? Can we ask with boldness that things change? Can we ask with boldness that God act in mighty ways? Yes. Because we come as the sons and daughters of God through the authority of Jesus into his throne room and make these requests. John 16, 24, Until now you have not asked for anything in my name, Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. We pray in his name with complete confidence in the work of Jesus, in his life, in his death, in his resurrection. We're confident in his continuing reign with God our Father, and it's because of that that we pray. When we pray with the authority of Jesus, we pray for the things that Jesus would pray for if he were here with us. And so imagine now, if Jesus were sitting next to you and, and he were with you right now, he knows your family situation, he knows your work situation, he knows your health situation, how would he pray for you? What would he ask for? And those are the things that we need to be asking for. And as we come to others and pray for others, what would Jesus want for that person? In our prayer guide, we listed out three people that we're, that we're praying for through these 40 days. I hope you have, have done that, that you've taken that book and you've written down three people that you want to pray for. As you reflect on those three people, how would Jesus pray for those people? What would he take to the Father? What would he ask for? What healing, what reconciliation, what renewal, what restoration would he pray for for those people? And so I want us to pause now. And I want you to pray for those three people. And if you haven't filled it out in the book, who are three people, or just start with one, 
Who are people who don't know Jesus, that are not in a relationship with Jesus, and you want them to be in a relationship with Jesus? And so pause now, pray in the authority of Jesus for those people. Pray, that, pray in the way that Jesus would pray for them now. as we think of those three people, I want us to take this one step further. And this is where we start to stretch a little bit, which we've been doing a lot of the last few weeks. And as you think about those three people, I want us all together to pray with the authority of Jesus that God will act in the lives of these people. We're going to do that collectively. You can do that in your head. You can do that audibly if you want to pray out loud. But for the next minute or two, what I want you to do is I want you to call out the name, just the first name, of one of the people that you're praying for. And as you hear the names called out around you, I want you to pray for the people that you're hearing, for the names that you're hearing. So we're all together lifting up these names of people, okay? And so this is going to require you to talk out loud, which is not normal for a sermon, right? But we come to the throne room with the authority of Jesus, and we want to call those names out and pray in the authority of Jesus that God will act. And we're going to pray for one another in that. So let's spend a few minutes now calling out these names and praying for one another as these names are called out. God, we lift this time up to you. And I know, God, it's weird, it's different. Uh, we're, we're not used to actually having to talk out loud during a sermon. But God, we know that you can act in mighty ways. We want to see transformation in the lives of these people. We want to see them return to you. And so, God, right now, we start calling out their names to you, asking that you act in mighty ways. God, as we hear these names called out to you, we pray that you will work miracles in these lives. And for the ones that we have not said out, out verbally, the ones that are deep in our hearts, God, we pray that you act. God, we pray that, that you will be seen, that you will be known in their lives, that they will see your love, they will see your power, they will encounter you in a fresh and new way. And God, use us to intercede on their behalf. Use us to pray on their behalf. God, in the, in the name of Jesus, in his authority, we come to you and pray these prayers. Amen. So intercessory prayer is something that we can do in the quiet of our home, in the, in the private of our prayer closet. But as you've just experience now, you can also do it together. 
you can pray together. We lift one another up together. And so if prayer for others is really a selfless act, then, then doing that with others, intercession with others, can be incredibly powerful. Because we're lifted up, and we're encouraged, and our faith is strengthened when we hear the prayers of others. So now I don't have to stand here by myself raising my hands. Aaron and her can come alongside and raise up my hands for me. And so we pray together. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, where two or three are gathered in my name, there, I am, there, <laughs> there am I with them. And so we get groups of people that are together, and, and God shows up in powerful ways at that moment because we're praying with one another. We gather together and we intercede for others, and it strengthens us and it encourages us. It lifts one another up. Jesus came into the, the temple during his ministry, and, and the temple was not what it was supposed to be. It had turned into a marketplace. It had been, it turned into what he called a den of robbers, where people were manipulating others, they were using others, and it was not the place that it was called to be. And as he quotes Isaiah 56, he says, my house will be a house of prayer. That when my people gather together, when they come together to worship, it will be a place of prayer. And we come to God in prayer with song. These songs that we sing, the psalms that we read, these are prayers. And we come and we sing these prayers. And we come together and we pray with one another. We have an invitation at the end of this time as an opportunity to pray with one another. But one of our biggest hurdles in praying for others, to be intercessors, to, to be in that kind of relationship where I want to take up your situation to God, our biggest hurdle there is that we don't really believe that intercession is going to make any difference. That we can say this prayer, but we don't really believe that in the authority of Jesus something might actually happen. And so we, we don't bring it to God in prayer. Or if we do, it's, it's, it's in this half-hearted kind of way because back there we really know, yeah, it's really not going to make that much of a difference. But Scripture tells us otherwise, right? We have promises from God that says prayer changes things. We don't always know how, we don't always know when, we don't always know where. We have disappointments in our life, I know. But the Bible tells us, God tells us, that prayer changes things. And so if God promises us that things will happen when we pray that wouldn't have happened if we don't pray, then we know that the opposite is also true. That things will not happen if we don't pray. Because he says, ask Ask, and it will be given to you. There is power in prayer. And it isn't power through me. It isn't power through you. It's not how I pray. It's not when and where I pray. The power of prayer is God's power. And we're calling on that power. And so we pray for others. 
We pray for our family. We pray for our friends. We pray for the spiritual family and our, our extended spiritual family. We pray for our neighbors and our community. We pray for our nation. We pray for our world. We bring these things to God in prayer. And we become a house of prayer. Ones who confidently bring the concerns of one another to God. And so we start with just a very simple question. All it involves is walking up to someone and saying, what would you like me to pray for? And are you willing to pray for that person right then and right there? Can we be a people who come to others and say, what can I be praying for? And can I pray for you right now? Not take it and put it in my journal for some time to be forgotten about. Not some courtesy, oh, I'll be praying for you. But actually pray right then and right there. And so ask yourself, what do you think God wants to see happen in the lives of the people around you? What does he want for that neighbor? What does he want for that son or daughter? What does he want for that relative? What does he want for that coworker? What does God want for the people around you? And are you willing to be the one to intercede on their behalf? Are we willing to take that to God in prayer? Are we willing to be the ones that God uses to help accomplish what he wants in this world? Can we see the transformation of our families and the transformation of our church and the transformation of our neighborhood because of the work that God is doing through our prayers? I want us to stand together. And if you are, if you are visiting with us, we are diving in deep today, if you haven't noticed and we're stretching ourselves and we're growing because I think really um, for us to learn the most, for us to grow the most, we've got to get a little bit out of our comfort zone, right? Because if we passively sit there comfortable, we're not going to change. Nothing's going to be different. And so every Sunday, I call for a time of prayer. And this is a time where you can come forward and ask for prayer from one of our shepherds. It's a time for you to cross the aisle and pray with someone, to pray for someone. You can go to someone and say, how can I pray for you? There are people in the room that you very much know what they need prayer for. Will you be willing to walk out and pray for that person? Will you be willing to go seek someone out and ask for prayer and be vulnerable? because we need both directions. And so our shepherds are available. They're going to be down front, maybe some in the back. I'm going to ask all of our shepherds that are here to step out and, and be ready to receive people in prayer. Be willing to go ask for prayer. It doesn't have to be one of our shepherds because we are all priests, right? We are all given the authority by the name of Jesus to take one another's concerns to God. And so as we spend this time in this song, I want to encourage you to engage in what we've been talking about for the last 30 minutes and pray with one another. Pray for others. 
If you're not comfortable moving out in that way, spend some time praying for people you know. Maybe it's those three people that are written down in your book. Maybe it's for a family member, it's a coworker. Be praying diligently through this time that God would work in mighty ways. Let's pray together. God, we lift this time up to you. We ask that our prayers will be heard. We ask in the name of Jesus that you will work. God, I pray that you will give us courage to step out in faith and pray boldly and confidently for you to work in our situations. I pray that we will get past any kind of discomfort. I pray that we will get past any selfishness. I pray that we will get away from any self-centeredness and become intercessors for others, lifting your cons- their concerns up to you. God, help us as we pray for one another now. It's in Jesus' holy name we continue this prayer.